0: Hello and welcome to the latest podcast from the University of Oxford talking about the history of the book, material texts and bibliography. My name is Adam Smythe and I'm the university lecturer in the history of the book and I'm delighted to be joined today by Professor Will Knoll. Here we are in my little office um, chatting away and Will is the director of the Kislak Centre for Special Collections, Rare Books and Manuscripts and the director of the Schoenberg Institute for Manuscript Studies at the University of Pennsylvania. It's quite a Quite a a mouthful, isn't it? Quite a mouthful. I got it right, though. I wrote it down. Well done, mate. So I've got it right. And you're over here. And you're also, as well as all that, and before that, perhaps, you were a specialist in Anglo-Saxon and Anglo-Norman manuscripts? Yeah. Illuminated
1: Liturgical Manuscripts. Yeah. A long time ago.
0: Great. And now, more recently, I guess, that material and the collision with digital technology and digital media, which I guess is what we're going to be talking about um, a little bit today. And Will is over here in Oxford for the annual Mackenzie lecture, which he delivered... Um, last night to great applause and aberration and have you had a nice time are you is it, you uh, enjoying I've had, your Oxford days I've,
1: I've had a great time and um, and I've been over here Eric Quackle is giving the low lectures at the moment as yes. well so he's an old friend and it was nice to see him and you know uh, Oxford hospitality has been great and I'm just amazed that the place is nearly underwater it seems to me it is I'm we're riding around in canoes unbelievable I it's, should have brought a snorkel
0: yeah I have one uh, to hand Constantly now, well, there's lots to talk about. Can we talk a little bit, very, very briefly, at the beginning about the Archimedes Project, which is, yeah. I guess, what you're best known for across the web, across the world. And, yeah. Um, the Archimedes, the Archimedes Project, to me, suggests people sitting around in a bath, displacing water, and shouting. Yeah. But I guess that's not what you do. Well, tell me a little bit about the well,
1: the Archimedes Project. The Archimedes Project was, at, I mean, it was a virtual company of about a um, hundred people uh, by the end who. Uh, worked together for about twelve years to uh, save a book that was in deplorable condition, mm-hmm. and the people who were needed to uh, make this, uh, make this, make this all work, they came from various different walks of life. So mm-hmm. you know, you had you had classical philologists, you had imaging scientists, you had conservators, you had uh, data managers, you had uh, program managers, mm-hmm. and. Um, and he had me, and, and 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 I was I was none of these things. I, I just I just uh, orchestrated the thing, and and uh, was in touch with the private owner of the book because it was always a pri- it was a privately funded enterprise. Mm-hmm. Started out actually, it's sort of sort of kind of desperate. Um, we didn't think we would find anything, and as it turned out, we we did find um, truly astonishing things, uh, entirely new texts that had nothing to do with Archimedes. Um, um, new speeches of Attic oratory, new third-century commentaries on Aristotle.
0: But are, these, are these texts that are lying beneath beneath that panel? They're lying. There is?
1: They're, yeah, they're lying beneath the text, oh. and they were erased by a guy called Johannes Myronas on the fourteenth of April, twelve twenty-nine, as we found out. <laughs> and then we, ha- because they were so thoroughly erased, we had to use really pretty advanced imaging techniques to read them. Mm-hmm. And 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 you know, it's not that everyone can read them now. I mean, you have to be you have to be you know super versed in. Uh, Greek cursive of the 12th century, as well as right. in as well as know your know, know your logic yeah. to read the commentary on Aristotle, for example. So
0: these kind of projects, I mean, they're they're inevitably collaborative, given the skill skill set that's required. And you were talking in your. Lecture yesterday about people as uh, some people are geeks and some people are, are Greeks. Yeah. And how does that conversation go? I mean, how does it work as a collab? Is that a, is that a, a kind of demographic that, that talks to each other well? Oh, uh, is there a
1: mutual bafflement? Oh, there's there's huge mutual bafflement. I mean, I remember you know there was a, there was a fantastic one when we started on Archimedes and we and we were doing these extremely advanced imaging imaging things to try and reveal the undertext that there was otherwise erased. Yeah. And uh, and, you know, the images had come back with these fantastic images. And I look, they they seemed great. Send them, to, send them to, the geek, uh, to the Greeks, right? So the Greeks start reading them, and they, and they say, these are absolutely terrible. I mean, these are terrible, terrible images. But they're out of focus, you know. And you can't tell an imaging scientist from RIT that his image is out of focus, you know. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't out of focus, but it was a very processed, noisy image. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when you process stuff, you necessarily introduce noise. And this noise doesn't matter when you're imaging a cocoa forest in, the, in, in you know, cocoa plantation in the Amazon rainforest, mm-hmm. but it does when you're imaging Greek cursive. And so much of our early experiments, the imaging experiments, were, were fundamentally misplaced. So, for example... We thought that we had to just obliterate the overtext, get rid of the overtext so mm-hmm. that you could read the undertext. But if you read 19th-century letters, you know that very often when they run out of paper, they'll rotate it 90 yes, degrees. Yes. And what at first seems indecipherable yeah. is actually very easy. So we didn't actually have to get rid of the overtext at all. We uh, and And so the connection between getting these two communities to understand each yeah. other and work together you know luckily i had a big hospitality budget that certainly helped but getting however virtual the operation was getting these people in the same place for a period of time yeah. was absolutely essential and it was great when it finally clicked and when it finally worked yeah. it was fantastic can,
0: can I can I ask you about what you do with this fantastic data do we call it once you've worked on a project like this and how you disseminate it because I know you're a champion of creative commons and open source software and, yeah. and those kinds of those kinds of projects yeah. um, How is the Archimedes project perhaps or, or other stuff you're working on at the moment how, how is that committed to that that wire distribution to copy copyright free um, use, I think, in translation. Yeah, that,
1: right? yeah, it's not copyright free. It's 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 you can retain the copyright, but what you do under Creative Commons is you license it for anyone to use for any purpose. So it's it's not in the public domain, but right. you but you can but anyone can do what they want with it, and mm-hmm. you know. When we were working on this project it was very clear that at the end of the project everyone wanted to stop, no one wanted to be looking after this data, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and no one was going to get paid for looking after this data, so mm-hmm. we created a data set that was um, immensely sustainable, it, didn't, it doesn't need uh, much maintenance at all, it's entirely... It's entire, It's 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 very very simple, straightforward data, mm-hmm. and we've published all our data, or even all our raw data. So, and we published it under a Creative Commons license, so that anyone can use it. Yeah. And actually, it's now ingested into, you know, Cambridge University Library have a copy, Stanford University Library have a copy, because this is really important cultural heritage data. They might as well have it. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, as imaging processing techniques advance, it's quite possible that people can go back to our original data, take the data and process it in ways that we didn't mm-hmm. think of and find, and find yet more in the, in, in the, mm-hmm. in the manuscript than, than we found. And this was an integral part of the, sort of the owner's vision. And after the Archimedes project was finished, I just try and apply that to every, every project that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I concentrate on trying to produce really good, solid data where the data is complete that is to say if you if you take a if you take an image at 800 dpi you know you don't give you don't give the public a derivative at 200 dpi what was the point in taking it at 800 dpi you give everybody what you take if it's worth capturing it's worth distributing and I think that you distribute it for anyone to do whatever they want with mm-hmm. because that's what data's for and, uh, and I think it needs to be for free, because, because actually the way that we're going to find new answers to questions is by asking questions on a scale, with, on, a, on a data scale that computers can do and humans can't. Mm-hmm. And current financial models, which don't work anyway for the distribution of images of cultural heritage objects, uh, just won't cater for that kind of inquiry.
0: And so I guess one of the, one of the, the the paradoxical, interesting questions always in these kind of projects is that you can't know what people are going to want to do with this stuff, mm-hmm. and you can't anticipate fully the the kinds of questions, the kinds of the kinds of use, and 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 is that a, that that kind of clean, simple data package that you talked about is that, that enables. People. Projects that we can't even imagine now, presumably. Yeah, right I mean,
1: case? I mean, data is something. It, it, data, data, data is stuff that people you can't predict what they're going to do with mm-hmm. it, and 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 you can hope for certain things, and you can't 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 predict whose whose hands it's going to mm-hmm. get into. Mm-hmm. But but all sorts of interesting things can arise mm-hmm. from that as mm-hmm. long as your data is known, and as long as it's free, and as long as people can do what they want with mm-hmm. it. Um, and do you try? Are you able to track what
0: is happening to the? Images, text that you're putting out there? Of, are there surprises <laughs> or
1: weird things going on? I mean, well, one of the interesting things is because you put it out under a Creative Commons licence, mm-hmm. um, you know, people do people do cite, cite the attribution. So they will say the Archimedes Palimpsest or they will mm-hmm. say Walter's Art Museum Manuscript, which is where I used to work, mm-hmm. um, Manuscript Number X Folio 10V. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll use it responsibly precisely because they can. So we can actually track what happens to our data Rather more carefully, I think, than than an institution that pub that, that that doesn't publish its data openly, because people just they just rip it off the net, don't they? They just grab it and send it, and then they'll cite it wrongly. So, yeah. so so we know quite a lot about what happens to our data. And the interesting thing, rather rather wonderful thing uh, in in when I published a, a, a CC that Walters Art Museum uh, illuminated manuscripts is that. Uh, pe- people are very interested in manuscripts of their own culture so we had mm-hmm. a lot of turkish manuscripts and mm-hmm. a lot of a, a lot of a lot of material is downloaded in turkey which i think is sort of rather wonderful mm-hmm. it, it, it speaks to the notion of a world digital yeah. world digital library and people being interested in their own cultural heritage you know in the arabic world getting 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 people who have access to a computer now have access to mm-hmm. uh, images of of really fantastic qurans mm-hmm. and and just that kind of citizen, and it's not even citizen science. It's just it's just increasing the cultural value of the internet for people. Mm-hmm. Um, is is something that was part of my mission as a museum curator and mm-hmm. something that I, that I really believe in mm-hmm. if on occasion people like this can add to the information that you know about mm-hmm. your stuff then mm-hmm. then that then that's terrific too and, and, and do that, you
0: get that kind of feedback loop people writing to you emailing you with new citations references corrections to your transcriptions, is there a kind of conversation d- you do happening?
1: and then there's a conversation and you need to curate your conversation yeah. um, so now mm-hmm. now now I'm at the University of Pennsylvania one of the that we're we're doing is something called the penn provenance project where we we put up 14,000 images of, man of books printed between about 1500 and 1800, yeah. and we don't know what the provenance is. So we put images of the stuff online and ask people to identify them. We don't even we don't even there's the implicit question: What does this mean? Um, who is this by? And and you know we get everything from very senior scholars who are deeply interested in bibliographical questions to to. To Joe Schmo, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. giving us giving us the answers, and, mm-hmm. and that's that's really fun. Yeah. Crowdsourcing is a, is a, is a trick. I mean, some things are much more suitable for crowdsourcing than others. But uh-huh. but but the identification of small bits of information is, yeah. is really good for crowdsourcing.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's fascinating. That's, can I can I ask a question about materiality and and digital? Digital culture, uh, yeah. because it seems to me, I work in early modern studies, and mm. there's tremendous interest in and and, and and commitment to the book, the, mm. the book as an object. There's mm. a kind of, the archive is, is sort of fetishized in a way it never mm. has been before, and the the real thing in your hands, etc. Et et mm. But we're also um, at a moment when we we're using digital um, culture t- to access those, mm. those those book too. So it's it's an interesting, interestingly kind of paradoxical moment. I mean, yeah. other other things, other limits to what did this kind of digital project can convey? Is there a need still for 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 the, the 12th century kind of sulfur to be to be held in the hand held beforehand? Yeah, this without is being fa- sentimental this, and romantic is, about it. Yeah, no, this is fascinating. I I,
1: I mean, this is uh, something that I that I uh, that I have pretty decided views on. I mean. Um, you know, and it comes down to this notion that images are digital surrogates for the original, that they can stand mm. in for the original. And I and I, and I don't believe it. I don't believe it for a freaking moment. Right. A, a digital image looks nothing like uh, an original book. It, it just doesn't look anything like it. I mean, actually, it's data. It can look like sound. It can look like... Yeah, can ones like, and noughts. Ones and noughts. It can look like whatever you want it to look like. Yeah. I mean, it's... Um, yeah. You know, you put it through the right processing. You put an image through through a different interface, and it'll it'll come out as music. I mean, it won't sound like bark any more than if you put bark into a picture, it's going to look pretty. Yeah. But 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 it's just not it's just not a surrogate for the real thing. People yeah. wake up and smell the coffee. Yeah. It does something completely different. Yeah. And and so you need to you need to use the two the, the two things in tandem and. Um, yeah. And, you know, if you want a surrogate for a 12th-century psalter, then you're far better off buying an extremely expensive facsimile from Facsimile Verlag than you are trying to find a a replication of it on screen. And I think it's probably a mistake to try and emulate the materiality of a medieval manuscript on the screen. Mm -hmm. Digital data is good for other things, Mm -hmm. you know? You can replicate it just like that. You can make it instantly available around the world just like that. You can... Cut it up just like that. You can put it together with another set of digital images from another 12th, 12th century sorter, just like that. You can do all these fantastic things and you can search it potentially if if you can get your students to transcribe it, just like that. These are all things that you can't do with a medieval manuscript. Mm -hmm. But there's masses about a medieval manuscript that you can't get Mm -hmm. from a... Uh, digital image, and that will always be the case mm. by definition. Mm. A medieval manuscript is not digital data; it's 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 mm. it's, it's it's flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. Go experience it, people.
0: You were also in your lecture yesterday. You were talking very interestingly about the stru- the structure of a book or the structure of a, of a manuscript and how digital technology is is not very good at conveying that and representing that. Yeah. Is that the case? Could yeah. you, Could you say
1: a little bit about yeah? That so 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 representing. You know, when you when when you when you image a image a book, you know, mm-hmm. we materi- materialists know that the structure of the book is an incredibly important thing, mm-hmm. and and it's very difficult to convey on the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, if you go to a digital surrogate inverted commas. Now, if getting structural information out of those images is going to be, is going to be really ridiculously difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and very often, you don't have the metadata that will give you the, give you the structure in diagrammatic form, in what mm-hmm. we call a collation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I am working uh, uh, not nearly as hard as other people I work with, been, um, notably um, Doc Porter, our curator of digital research services, and mm-hmm. Doug Emery, our data guy. To take a take a collation a collation formula and break it down so that you can virtually disbind a book and you can actually have the structure writ large by 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 taking the book apart and so you can see for example you could be able to see it for example in, a, in in a printed but what the sheet would look like before it was folded and this is a real advantage and of course if you've got a collation you can then test it against your the mm. diagram that mm-hmm. it generates so so I think that that that's a kind of interesting way in which a perceived disadvantage of of the digital presentation can actually be turned to an advantage. But the truth is that you're not generating, you're not, you're, 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 the proof of what you've done, the sheet, the, 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 the test of whether you've succeeded or not is to go back to the original book and see, well, actually, does this, does this work? Yeah. Uh, so you're not generating new knowledge, but as a didactic tool, it's mm-hmm. very useful. And it might be useful to compare pages uh, across a sheet that, that in the printed book itself, mm-hmm. uh, you can never see side by mm-hmm. side. So, mm-hmm. so that's fun to work
0: with. That, that, that sounds that, that sound fascinating. Can I ask you um, one question more, maybe, which is about why is that medieval studies and digital expertise and explorations seem to go together it seems to be seems to me that that period in particular is the one that's most excited or committed to or talking to the, you know, the geeks and the Greeks are talking best when it's a, a medieval studies project what I mean what's that? Yeah, is there something I particular about you
1: know I don't media think, there or I, I, it might be I don't think that the medievals have got it together nearly as well as the as the ancients and okay the papyrologists right. are are, are, of the game. are ahead of the game I mean the medievals sort of sort of you know they started out started out being really interested in this stuff I think because well a manuscript is really fantastically complicated code mm-hmm. and 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 that was understood and also uh, you know the benefits of manuscript in terms of distribution of information what digital culture did for manuscripts is even more than it did for printed books because by definition manuscripts that were unique Mm -hmm. in all but the odd photograph Mm -hmm. suddenly become ubiquitous whereas printed books you know you've got copies of editions around the world so so the revolution in manuscript studies the potential was 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 even more Mm -hmm. sort of good lord that is amazing and you know it 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 is amazing i Mm -hmm. mean it's totally transformed what we do i remember when i was an undergraduate i was an undergraduate in art history at cambridge and and you know the my, my professor, who was a fa- fantastic professor, three hundred jealously guarded sa- slides mm-hmm. you know, that and, and, and in the course of eight weeks, I did a course on on medieval manuscript illumination in england from from sort of ten sixty six to about twelve hundred did it in three hundred slides and and these slides were immensely valuable and just as just as commodities and and that was my experience of medieval art really other than other than in other than in bad black and white photos in articles and now and now you know we are saturated with images which is wonderful the only problem is that is that you're not allowed to do much with them and if you are allowed to do much with them, they don't have any decent metadata with them. Mm-hmm. So we don't have a really solid corpus of mm-hmm. data that we can play with as we would really like mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. And, and, and my goal is to carry on releasing as many data sets as I can, uh, as responsibly I can for people to use exactly as they like and, and not have to pay for it. And pens, manuscripts are next
0: okay great well that's fantastic and uh, we will uh, track your progress in that pursuit thanks very much Will for talking to me and telling us a little bit about your work which is fascinating and thanks for listening and do uh, check back and uh, listen again and we'll be back soon with another podcast about material text in Oxford thank you